Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast with Hal Elrod. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you will learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, an international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of VIPSuccessCoaching.com, Mr. Hal Elra. All right, good morning, or afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, goal achievers. Uh, this is the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod. I'm pumped because today we get to talk to one of my favorite people. I told him the other day when I saw him, I was like, "You just have a face that, like, I just you just you look at I look at you and I smile." You know, it's it's a very uh, unique feature to have, which you know none of you get to really experience right now because this is an audio podcast. But uh, my, my my good friend and uh, the founder of self publishing school, Chandler Bolt, is on today. Today. And today's actually really unique in that this is the first ever episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast that is essentially a Q&A episode, um, meaning I knew that I, I wanted to have Chandler on and I, uh, I posted in the Miracle Morning Facebook group, the Miracle Morning community, which if you're not a part of that group yet, by the way, as a side note, you, you know, come join us, the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. We have over 30,000 people from all around the world, and I've never seen a more engaged and supportive and inspiring group of, uh, of people or, or online community. Um, but I, I posted in there, uh, how many, you know, if you want to write a book, if that is a goal of yours, you know, please post any questions that you have below. And the the only challenge is we had so many people and so many questions come in is, you know, is I, I've been taking the last hour trying to organize this, uh, the, the answers we're going to give in, you know, in, in categories and stuff. So we simply can't go one by one and answer every single question. But, but yeah, it's the first episode that we've ever done a Q and a episode where we posted a topic. Uh, we said who, who has questions and, and then that today we're just going to go through and we're going to answer the questions. And the questions are this episode is around three things. It's around writing, publishing, and promoting a book, right? So it's around one thing, which is books, but it's around three topics, which is how do you how do you write a book, right? Uh, how do you do it well? How do you write a book that's going to sell a lot of copies, change a lot of lives, you know, earn you some income? Uh, what's the best route for publishing? Is it, should you go traditional? Should you go self-publishing? Are there different methods for each? You know, how do you, what's the best way to approach that? And then probably the most important topic uh, is, okay, you got a book written, you got it published. Well, how do you promote it? How do you sell copies? Because the average book, I think, in Chandler, uh, you might know this better than me. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you on right now. What? Uh, how, how many copies does the average pers uh, author sell of their book? Do you know that? And if not, I can guess. Yeah, no, I don't know, but I know it's, it's <laughs> you know, it, it's, for most people, it's it's not what they want it to be, right? Because yeah. they they don't know some fundamental stuff that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's I think it's it's under a thousand, you know, it's it's in the hundreds of like the lifetime sales of a book, and um, the you know, I, I may I may really lead uh, a little bit on that area, and that uh, you know, we we've sold over a hundred thousand copies of the Miracle Morning, uh, we sold seventeen thousand copies last month, so it's I mean, it's it, it, and it's three years after. After it published, which if, you know, I don't know if we'll go into that today, but like the, the, the cycle of a book typically is it sells in the beginning because everybody's friends and family buys it and they do a big launch and then it kind of trails off into obscurity. And so we will talk about some promotional tactics today, uh, not just to sell a lot of books on the front end, but how do you create a 
book that is going to sell for years and years and years to come so that it makes an impact in people's lives and it creates a nice income uh, for you as the author. So again, if you don't have any desire to write a book, you could probably skip this episode. Although by the end of it, if you have no desire now, you might go, wow, I never thought about all that. Maybe maybe I do want to write a book. But uh, if you've thought about writing a book or if you've already written a book uh, or you're in the middle of writing a book, this episode is going to give you, I think, a ton of value. And I'm bringing on the man himself, Chandler Bolt. So Chandler, good morning, my friend. Hey, Hal. Great to be here. I'm excited about this. Yeah, and thank you for all the time you took to prepare. I, I emailed Chandler this morning the link to the Facebook post. I said, hey, in case you want to go through the questions and you know prepare a little bit. And he's like, dude, I've been working on it for like the last 30 minutes. I'm, I'm Here's the topics that I've got already organized. So yeah, so Chandler, thank you for taking the time and, and putting that energy into making sure this is a great episode for everybody. This is going to be a good one, man. You know, it's funny. Uh, we had a previous podcast interview and it was about writing books, but then yeah, I think both of us realized that we went off on tangents about the business and achieving goals. Like, there's a ton of good stuff in there. Yeah. A lot of these questions that we're covering today, uh, it's going to be great, man. I'm so excited. And I think people uh, buckle up because this is going to be fast paced and we're going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. We did have some people say, yeah, we loved the, you know, I loved the first episode with Chandler Bolt, but you didn't go in as much depth as we had hoped on book writing. And yeah, that kind of happened by accident. But uh, all right. Today's all about book writing. So, all right. So, first and foremost, overcoming fear and doubt. That's kind of the first. So, so the first main topic, right? We got writing, publishing, and promoting. So this is under the writing category. Uh, and we're, we're talking about one of the, there were a lot of questions that came in around overcoming fear and doubt, right? So Michael Hawthorne asked, you know, how do you get from, I want to write, but don't really know enough about anything to being a published author. We got Jenny Gan Ginter said, I've been thinking about writing one and have even started some free writing on it, but I'm afraid most of what I have to say is what I've learned from other books and I'll just be referencing the entire time, Um, right? So other people, I have a goal to write a book, but who the heck am I to do so? Said Roxanne Torres Patterson. Joe Carlisle said, how do you get past the fear that it will suck or someone else has covered the same subject matter? So all of these questions, right, which are all part, I mean, as an author, and I know you, we all had to overcome that. So Chandler, so talk about that. How do you overcome that fear that, that who am I? I to write a book or what if it's already been written? Yeah. So th- this is, these are all great questions. And I think the first thing to acknowledge here is that you're not alone. Everyone thinks this, uh, but I, I really want to dive in and, and break these down and kind of bust, bust this up piece by piece. So we've got the first thing, which is fear of getting started. Then we've got the fear of not having enough new content. Right, and then some of that in there is, hey, I don't really have enough time to write the book, um, and 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 that's kind of like uh, the the main gist of it. So I'll, I'll I'll break those down individually, and 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 first off, you know, the big one, which is the fear of getting started, and how do I even start? And I know someone said, you know, I've been thinking about writing this book for thirty years, yeah. and that's very very common, right? It's it's uh, around the time of New Year's as we record this. Everyone has New Year's resolutions, or a lot of people do, or goals that they set. And, and what's the, the most common ones? It's lose weight, quit smoking, make more money, write a book. Right? <laughs> and that write a book one, uh, like, like most of them, just kick, get, usually gets kicked from year to year to year. And a lot of it is because of exactly this, this fear of getting started. And I, I think what most people struggle with is imposter syndrome. Right, mm. thinking that you're a nobody, so why would you think that you are somebody? Mm-hmm. And you have to be somebody to write a book, right? Well, the the big thing that I want to break down there is uh, the, you. You and I both know this. How is is uh, 
there's no such, and this kind of, this kind of breaks into the whole new knowledge thing, right? And, and how do I have new content is that there's no such thing as new content, Yeah. right? It's, it's all been told before. And, and you've heard the, the quote, facts tell, stories sell. Well, that's exactly what it, like, like facts don't relate to someone. And, and if you're, if you're scared to get started because you don't have enough content that just know that like, or, or you're, you're scared that the content's already been talked about. Like facts tell story, story sell. So let's take, for instance, your book, Hal. So yeah. The Miracle Morning, right? So it's, it's morning routines. Morning routines alone, that's a fact. That's knowledge. That's something that you would teach. Without a story, nobody really cares about that, right? And, yeah. and they have it for a long time because it's been around for a long time. But what you do, you attach your story to that. And now suddenly it's relatable. And not only that, but people see it as a path to take them from where they are now to where they want to be. And there's so much more relation to that. So I think that's an encouraging thing for people who are, are scared to get started is everyone has stories. Everyone has experiences that they can share and just knowledge alone isn't going to connect you to the reader. And just, yeah. just connecting that also with the fact that there's no new knowledge. It's okay. Yes, this maybe have been said before, but I'm going to say it in a way that relates to others and uh, in, in a way that, I might be the one that gets them that knowledge, whereas they maybe haven't heard of Tony Robbins or some other person that, that I gleaned a couple of insights from. They may relate to my story and they never would have gotten this knowledge and it never would have changed their life. But because I had the guts to get started and because I attached my personal story to that, that made all the difference and now I'm able to help them. Yeah, and Chandler, let me also I want to chime in on that because uh, you made some awesome points, and and the one about attaching your story and using me as an example, I want to just I want to clarify that for people. Some people listening, if you know my story, like the, my story, obviously there's lots of parts of everyone's story, but you might think, well, yeah, Hal died. Like that story, of course, gets attention, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I, I didn't die, but that's really not the story that that resonated in the book. It was the the economic crash that I, you know, where that's where the miracle morning was didn't come from my car accident, right? that was just a small yeah. part of the book in the very beginning where I, I literally mentioned that over like a page or two in the beginning with the car accident. The main story I shared was in 2007, eight, nine, when the U S economy crashed, I crashed with it. And, uh, we, that, I think I just want to really talk for a second about your story. If you're listening and you go, well, what the, what, what's my story? I've had a normal common life. Well, a story can be about your fears and your insecurities and your self-doubt and any times in life that you overcame that. This is just, I'm giving you an example where people relate to that, right? So if they're reading your book and you're not talking about how you died or you, you climb Mount Everest or whatever, but you're talking about how a time in your life or many times in your life where you've dealt with fear or insecurity or whatever it is, right? Things that we all deal with. It's that human experience. And I just want to be clear that your story doesn't have to be some grandioso, you know, world record breaking story. It just has to be authentic and it has to be relatable. And that, that's really, really, really important, I think, for people because they might go, well, who, you know, I don't have that great of a story, right? Well, if you're yeah. a human being and you've made it this far, you've got a story. Exactly. Now, how I want to touch a little bit more because I feel like, okay, we've just given some inspiration mm -hmm. to, to help people get started. Now, I want to dive in with some tactical stuff on actually getting. Uh, your okay. book started. So uh, once you, once you move into that, well, the first step obviously is to commit, right? Yeah. And, and and to the easiest way to get started is to get started. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you know the it's uh, this I'm blown away by this is uh, 
you know, there's so many people who, who want to write a book, but they always say that the timing isn't right or that they don't have time. Well, I, I love the Zig Ziglar quote. Who, he says, if you wait for all the lights to turn green before starting your journey, you'll never leave your driveway. Yeah. Right. So if you wait till this magical day where you have no kids, no responsibility, uh, all the time in the world and this just yellow brick road that appears in front of you and you can just skip along the road to getting your book done, like that's not going to happen, right? So you have to get started even when you don't have enough time or even when you don't feel like you're an expert or even when you aren't ready. And so committing to get started and then adding in some accountability, I think that's the biggest biggest thing. So telling other people that you're writing your book, uh, setting a date to get finished, yeah. that's very important, yeah. letting other people know of that date. And then actually getting started, the tactical uh, tips that I would give, and this is I noticed someone else asked a question about, okay, I have a couple ideas, but it couldn't, it couldn't lead into a full-length book. Well, this is how I do it. So I've got a three-step process, and it starts with a mind map. So I would encourage if you're anyone, if you're thinking about doing a book, this is absolutely the first step to take, uh, and it's a mind map. So you take a blank sheet of printer paper. You're going to put your book idea or the thing that you're thinking about writing. Now, this could be the thing you're passionate about, the thing that uh, you do for an occupation, the thing that people keep asking about, that your hobby, the thing that you just can't stop talking about. You know, whatever that is, write that in the middle of the paper, and then you're just going to do a big brain dump. So this is every story, every experience, every uh, book that you've read, lesson that you've learned, and you're going to start drawing lines and circles. And, and you know what a mind map looks like. It just goes out and out and out. And what you're going to find is that in 15, 30, maybe even 45 minutes, it's going to start to grow and grow and grow and grow. And before you know it, you realize just how much knowledge you got up in that noggin of yours <laughs> that's buried, right? That's buried from years and years. And, and you're going to start seeing things come. And then that leads into step two, which is organizing those common themes into sections. So those, the, you know, you got three, five, maybe seven sections that you can overarch into your book. And then you break those down into chapters, right? And so now you, you're starting to move that mind map and mold it into an outline. And that's kind of your compass that guides you through the book. And then lastly, step three, write the dang thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, and let me and let me and let me let me. I'll I'll say that, and I love these tactics. The the I, I always tell my coaching clients this that want to write books and they're trying to overcome the fear. So this is speaking to everybody that has kind of that fear. Make your number one goal to write a mediocre book. <laughs> right. Yes. M meaning, if you see, if you have this goal of writing the next Think and Grow Rich or the next Fifty Shades of Grey, or which I know Chandler is trying to write the new Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> but um, right, like if that's you're the new Harry, the next Harry Potter, like if your goal is to write a perfect book, right? Perfection is, I mean, that's the greatest obstacle often to our our success or our progress or even getting started. If you, your goal should be to write a mediocre book and then to edit it to be a great book. Yes. And, and and when you have that low standard uh, to, to start out with, and normally I would, you know, I mean, it's low standards is counterintuitive to what I would normally tell people have high standards. But in this regard, have a low standard of just getting a book on paper. The hardest thing to do is get started. The second thing, the hardest thing to do is keep going. The third hardest thing to do is to finish. Yeah. But when you have a goal of the, just getting it all out there, right? So your outline that Chandler's talking about when you're tactically organizing into sections at the end, like at the end of the day, your title might be completely different when you're halfway through the book. You might completely yeah. have an epiphany that changes the title. You might be writing the book. Like for me, I was writing the book and I, I chain, I, you know, 
deleted entire chapters. I, I added new chapters. I, I, I moved a chapter from the end to the beginning, on and on. So it really does kind of evolve. And that's where I want to speak, Chandler, and this is a tactical component. Uh, one of the most important keys to writing a book is simply blocking off the time and kind of capitalizing on what you said, Chandler. In your schedule, commit 60 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. Wake up an hour earlier. Yes. And commit that time to writing. And I love what you know my business partner, Honore, says. I think she calls it like her strategy. Of, they go, how do you write so many books? She just published her 19th book. And she goes, ass in chair. That's my strategy. <laughs> she goes, I put my butt in the seat in front of my computer mm-hmm. to write. Even if I have nothing, in, if, I'm, if I, my mind is blank, I have to sit there and stare at a blank screen for an hour every day, no matter what. And yeah. she goes, in some days, I write very little or the writing I do is it's horrible and I end up erasing it all. Some days it's amazing. Most days it's okay and it needs editing later. But she said, but because I do it every day, but in chair, right? Uh, yes. That's how my, that's how I've written 19 books. So yeah, uh, b- back awesome. over to you. Uh, yeah. So, I'm, and I know uh, we want to move into some other sections here, but that, that sparked a couple things for me. Yeah, please. Uh, which is, this is why I love your people. How is because they've already done one of the hardest parts which is committing to that morning routine. And now because they've done that, you know, Charles Duhigg, Power of Habit, they've created a keystone habit, which is the miracle morning. It's so easy to just layer on top of that a little bit of writing time. So that's why when, you know, we've had a bunch of your people join self-publishing school and, 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 and even people in self-publishing school, if they haven't heard of the miracle morning, I'm like, okay, yeah, you need to read this book because this is going to help you get your book finished. So it's so easy to attach onto that morning routine uh, the writing of your book. And then then moving on from that, this is something that you just sparked for me is, okay, the first book that I write is going to be the best book. Yeah, well, yeah. Th- that's false, right? It, that would be like thinking the first time that you ever ride a bike in your life is going to be the best time that you ride a bike, right? No, yeah. you're going to immediately crash. And then your parents going to help you get back up and you're going to ride it again and you're going to crash again. Yeah. And, and so just uh, removing that expectation, I know that was very helpful for me. And like you said, it's counterintuitive. And we're not saying write a crappy book, sure. but, but lowering that bar, it makes it feel less in- intimidating. And that's usually what people need to get started. And yeah. then oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, like we were talking about the other night at uh, John Lee Dumas's uh, Freedom, Freedom Journal launch party, we were talking about a uh, James Malinchek quote, which is, my crappy book's better than the book you ain't got. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's just always stuck with me. And yeah. done is better than perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the, uh, you know, for speaking to a couple of what things that you said, my first book was called taking life head on. Right. And, you know, so that, I mean, that was many years ago. The other thing, uh, and it took me six years from that book to the next book, but the other thing is if you self publish your book, which we'll talk more about, um, you know, you can edit it at any time. And actually what I did is after the miracle morning came out roughly 12 months later, uh, I went and I read all of the three star reviews. I read all the reviews, you know, and I, but I, I really took a lot of notes on the three star and in the two star and some of the one star reviews, but I, I, I went, what are common themes? What are common themes of things that people didn't like about the book and being self published? Now, if you were the traditional publisher, good luck, <laughs> good luck making those changes. But yeah. as a self published author, author, I just, I made those changes. I edited it, redid my manuscript, and then I put it on CreateSpace on Christmas Eve because your book comes off, you know, for like 24 hours, it's not available. So I figure people aren't shopping Christmas day. Typically, uh, you know, they're, they're opening presents. And so, uh, I was able to make those changes. 
And the other thing that I want to mention too, in terms of writing that mediocre book or that crappy book, just getting it done, is a, a book becomes great not only in editing, but in once you get feedback. So I sent the first crappy manuscript of the miracle morning to uh like five or ten of my close friends and uh some colleagues and and my you know my fa some family members that are very well educated well-read individuals and the feedback that they gave me totally transformed the book from you know from average to to great if you will but so it you know it takes a village to raise a child so to speak and it takes a village to edit and uh and and, and take a book from from mediocre to to fantastic one hundred percent agree. So, a couple questions that came in that are very short answers. So, I want to I want to just touch on these, and I'll, I'll if you have anything to add, you can. But I'll just answer them. Uh, we had uh, Ma Ray Larchangel asked about editing. She said, "I'd like some advice editing." Uh, she's uh, written the book. Come across a lot of advice on how to write a book, but very few about editing. And she said, I think mostly because this is done by the publishers. And my answer is, you know, I mean, I just, I hired an editor. Uh, I mean, it took us, we've gone through multiple editors, but I think elance.com is where we started. Do you have any, any, what's your thoughts on how to edit a book? I mean, to me, it's, you don't, you don't edit a book, you hire an editor. Exactly. Yeah, I, that's exactly it. We go through Upwork, which they bought Elance, and then that's usually where we go. Um, then also one great thing that I do is a verbal read through. Yeah. So I actually go through the whole book and read it out loud, uh, uh, and you'll see how it will come across for your reader. Uh, it, but then one other piece of editing advice is be careful about giving it – actually, two pieces. <laughs> one is be careful about giving it to people who aren't your target audience. Mm. So the worst thing you can do is give it to 15 people. You're going to get 15 different opinions. Uh, and, and then that's going to keep you from ever finishing the editing process because the editing process is never finished, right? Yeah. It can go for as long as you want, but be careful. Like if I have a book on productivity for entrepreneurs, which I do, I'm not going to give that book to my grandma and see what she thinks about it because she's not an entrepreneur, right? So yeah. anything she says doesn't matter. And so be very, very careful about that. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is have a, have a firm finish date. Uh, and make that be known up front with your editor, the firm finish date for your editing, because that would keep that's what keeps you from editing into eternity. Yeah. Oh, and let me give a bonus tip, Chandler. In fact, you can borrow this one. Uh, it, it's a friend that gave me this years ago. He wrote his first book when he was like 16, and I was 19 working on my first book. And I was like, "How do you get like How do you get yourself to just write? Like, it takes me. I go, I'm such a perfectionist. I'll, I'll work on a paragraph for like 15 minutes, and then I'll get frustrated and go, "This sucks," and I'll just delete it, or you know. <laughs> and I go, "How?" And, and dude, this is a ninja trick that he gave me. He said, "He said, set your timer for." 30 minutes to write and he said turn your screen off right take the brightness feature and turn it off and oh, you wow. cannot see the words that you're writing so when you make a mistake you go ah, damn it right and you just keep moving though because you you have 30 minutes where you're not allowed to edit you can't edit you can't even <laughs> see the screen yeah and so that was huge for me and that allows you to do the hardest part which is just get the words on the page and then go back and edit later i love that and then the other question we had was um, ebook versus hard copy. Peggy McAllister Hernandez said, My biggest question is ebook or hard copy to start? I have my outline, but haven't begun the writing, working on the draft. Uh, the answer is very simple, and it is both. Uh, would you agree? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I do have a piece of counterintuitive advice Ooh. here. Right. Is I actually tell my students ebook first, book second. Ah, um, uh, okay. Because that actually, for most people, you know, it's all about, get, we talked about the fear of getting started, 
Well, yeah. really, most of that stemmed from overwhelm. Yeah. So it's so much easier to do your ebook. Then you know how to do the whole process. Not only that, but all your sales are focused on the ebook. Then it's an excuse to talk about the book again four to six weeks later when you launch the hard copy. And not only that, but now you don't have to do them both at once. And you can kind of learn and then iterate. And I've just found for people like that makes it much easier and a lot less intimidating. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. And and I will share. Um, you know, for we, I publish my books through Create Space, which is Amazon's uh, publishing house, self publishing house, and uh, they've got a button on there where you just click also on Kindle or whatever, and and so that that's a simple way to do. You know, where you can kind of do them both at the same time. Um, in that uh, it'll. You know, and I'm I'm not even sure I've, my team does it. I don't know if we I don't remember the process of like because I have to format it differently. And I think that the, you know they offer that service or or whatever. But but I like your idea. I think that it, we use that strategy with the uh, audio book where the ebook or the book came out, and then you know the audio book came out like a month later, and you're able to go back and announce everybody, hey, the audio book's out now, and yeah. people that love the original book will get the audio book or or whatever. But um. Cool, cool. And by the way, before I forget, I want to mention Chandler. I know you have you've got your free uh, video training series. So everybody, Chandler is you know the founder of Self Publishing School. Um, and I will mention that the the last Self Publishing School you did was the first program I've ever promoted of anyone's. And the feedback from my audience, from our listeners that went through your program, I mean, they all have books done, which is just amazing, you know? And, uh, and, and if anybody wants the free video series, uh, you can go to halelrod.com forward slash self publishing school, halelrod.com forward slash self publishing school. And that is Chandler's free self publishing school video series. So let's talk about publishing, uh, right? That's a good segue yep. self publishing versus traditional. Um, we had a uh, Heidi, uh, Bartley Dietrich said self publishing versus big publishing houses, pros, and cons. Um, you're the founder of self-publishing <laughs> school, Chandler. I'm, I'm guessing you have an opinion one way or the other. So why don't why don't you start and then uh, and then I'll I'll give my input on that. <laughs> All right, Hal. No, uh, we'll be mindful. I, feel free to cut me off at any time <laughs> because this is my soapbox and I can go for hours on this. All right. So obviously, I'm a little biased, right? I yeah. run a company called Self Publishing School. Uh, but so just take this with a grain of salt. Obviously, I think that self-publishing is way better than traditional publishing, and I'll tell you why. Um, well, you know, back in the day, publishing was the only way, right? It was credibility, it was distribution, it was a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but then what happened is a company called Amazon came out, and they kind of leveled the playing field. And publishers, they had this one leg to stand on, which was distribution. Right, they could get you into bookstores, but now seventy percent of book purchases happen through Amazon. Yeah. So they even kind of kick that out of the leg of, of publishers, that that leg to stand on. But here's changed the, here's the, the game, oh, Chandler. Okay. Amazon changed the game. Yeah, radically changed the game to where now is the easiest time to publish a book ever. And there's a little byline in an Amazon listing that says the publisher. That's it. And guess what? If you're listening right now, you've probably never seen it, and neither has anyone else, yep. right? Because it doesn't matter. And so just to give you kind of the pros and cons, so with publishing, it's going to take you a couple years to publish the book. Uh, they're going to strip you of a lot of your creative rights, and at the end of the day, they control uh, everything pretty much about the book. Um, they're going to take most of your royalties Guess what? They're not going to market the book. Yep. Contrary to popular belief, you still are responsible for 100% of marketing. If yep. you get an advance, uh, 
and you don't sell enough books, they're going to knock on the door and ask for that back. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really is this antiquated process of it's very slow. They, they take most of the money. They strip you of the creative liberties. Uh, and, and for what, right? There, there's not much benefit on the other side. Where with self-publishing, you have ultimate control. You keep 70% of the royalties. You, you, know, there's, there's, you can publish speed to market as much faster. Um, so that's, that's the difference between two. I mean, at self-publishing school, our goal is, is to show people that self-publishing is not only a option, like the redheaded stepchild, but it's the best option. And, and, and really to put the big publishers out of business because we think it's a broken industry that's really taking advantage of people. And it only makes sense, kind of like they say uh, that banks only give money to people who don't need it, right? Well, the same it, it exists with publishers. They only give deals to people who don't need them. And so it only makes sense if you're on the higher, higher echelon and you already have a platform and you're looking to do like $50,000 speaking gigs and travel all around the world and you want publishing all around the world and all that stuff. Yeah, um, Chandler, there's everything you said I, I agree with 100%. And, and I'll tell you, I've gotten to, you know, I, I when I first was considering writing The Miracle Morning, I really believed that the idea, the concept that it, that it could it could be a game changer and, and it could change millions of lives. And I really went uh, in depth into researching the publishing industry. In fact, I spent, I hired uh, like one of the best uh, book proposal writers ever, I mean, in the country. And we spent like six months crafting this 50 page proposal. And, and during that six months, I continued to research self-publishing versus traditional. And, uh, that, that public or that, uh, 50 page, uh, that I invested thousands of dollars in creating that book proposal is on my computer and it never went to publishers um, because I decided that I was like, this doesn't make sense. And, and for the re all the reasons you just said, which is you're giving up all your royalties in exchange for very little in value, in my opinion. Um, yes, they can get you in bookstores. Will they? No. <laughs> right. And, and I won't say no, no matter what, but the, here's the deal. They're publishing however many books they're publishing in a big publishing house, right? And all right, they're publishing J.K. Rowling's next Harry Potter book, and Stephen King's next book, and Dave Ramsey's next book, and then your book. There's there's so such there's millions of books published and limited shelf space. So the odds are you're not going to get in a store. And then, like you said, Chandler, seventy percent of books now are sold on Amazon. So why would you go through all the trouble, give up your royalties just to be put into a dying industry, like a, you know, a dying vehicle for selling books? So. With that said, uh, after the Miracle Morning sold 100,000 copies, uh, I did get an agent and I did uh, meet with uh, 13 New York publishers and uh, I think we got nine offers and we, I decided to turn them all down. And I don't, you know, I don't say that with any kind of bravado. I just, uh, but, but it just, it just didn't make sense. So, I mean, even, even, so think about that Chandler, you mentioned that it only makes sense if you have a platform and you want to get $50,000 speaking engagements and, and that sort of thing. Um, yes and no. Right. Yes yeah. and no. So it it almost like it almost is making not even making sense for that yeah, anymore. Right. Exactly. Like the more time goes on and the more resources come available for self-published authors, and the more it doesn't matter. You know, like I mean, some of the best uh, New York, uh, you know, Times best-selling authors are now they are going self-published. James James yep. Altucher, right? Yep. Uh, he who is one of the you know he's a top author for major these major publishers, and now he said he'll never publish a book again. He'll only yeah. self-publish, you know, and all his books now are self-published. So, um, yeah. So if you're considering traditional versus self, uh, for 99% of people, I would say self-publishing is is absolutely the way to go for all the reasons Chandler mentioned. Absolutely. 
Cool. We both that but that's a that's a soapbox for both of us. Like I'm really yeah. passionate about it, and I, I feel yeah. the same. Is it's 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 like it's like the record industry. I think that's making yeah. the same transition, right? It's like Macklemore got turned down by all these record labels, and he yep. finally was like, "I'm taking my success in my own hands." Yep. And then he became the number one artist in the world, yeah. and he kept all of the money he kept all the profits he kept all the creative control and he was like and then the publisher of course are all the all the uh the um not publishers what are they record companies record labels yeah. record labels right are come knocking on his door macklemore yeah. hey right and he and he's like no dude why it makes no sense why would i give you a, a huge chunk of yeah. what i earn you know yeah and and this is two seconds on this house yeah. so Obviously, my brother plays in a rock and roll band called Need to Breathe. Yeah. Grammy-nominated band, signed with Atlantic, a big record label. My assistant, uh, it is her favorite band. You, I think you, you met Tiffany right, at the Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best year ever. She was telling me that. So it's very, very similar, right? And Macklemore even talks about it in one of his songs, his jokes about the 360-degree deal, which means that they're now even trying to take a portion of the live uh, wow. So playing shows and actually that's the standard. So it's very similar. And these two industries are very antiquated and they're grasping for straws. And it looks similar. On one side, it's Barnes and Noble. On the other side, it's radio. But that's the only control that they still have. And you notice that that's continually getting stripped from them as this as both industries evolve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So very interesting. So yeah, so it's it, to me it's a hand, it's hands down. I, I would self publish as far as where to do that. CreateSpace.com is Amazon self publishing arm. Again, you're, you're it's the number one book distributor in the world is Amazon. It, it, to me, it just makes sense. And I and I've actually researched. I've tried to find a better option just in case there was one, and I really have not been able to find a better option than CreateSpace.com. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's what I recommend it. And it walks you through everything. In fact, and you can, you, they have all the services you need to, if you're like, why well, need an editor? You can either go to upwork.com as Chandler mentioned, or I think create space. They've got everything in house now, you know, you can get your yeah. cover design there or go to 99designs.com, uh, go to killercovers.com. That's actually who I've used to design covers, um, on and on. So, uh, let's talk about promotion. And this is where, you know, most authors, they don't, this is the piece that they don't even think about. Like they don't even yeah. realize, you know, when once your book is done, like you think, oh my gosh, <laughs> I finally did it. I finally wrote the book. I overcame my fear. I dedicated a year of my life. And guess what? It will not sell itself. It doesn't matter how good the idea is. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I have the most brilliant book ever. I'm going to put it out there. It's going to spread like wildfire. Unfortunately, Fortunately, that's not the case. And um, we'll talk about some promotional strategies, but I will just say this. The Miracle Morning, uh, you know, it, it, uh, if, if you look at the lifestyle or the, the promotional cycle of a book, I kind of mentioned earlier, it, it followed that. Where in the beginning, I pre-sold 5,000 copies to all of my friends and clients and colleagues, right? Um, I then did an Amazon push where we sold 1,400 copies the first month on Amazon. Uh, and then like most books, I think month two, we dropped from 1,400 to 700. Uh, and then month three, it was down to around you know, 300 and change. And it stayed there for quite a, kind of a while. And I, I've got a graph. Chandler where I've, I've, you know, we've tracked monthly book sales and you just see this graph and it just, it, you know, it was low, 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 low. And then it went up, 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 up. And it really is like so many things where it like hit this massive up curve. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it just went way up. And why did that happen? Well, two reasons. Number one, because of the content in the book. And, and I can touch on some of the like, well, what do you, how do you write a book that spreads like that? Um, but, but the biggest reason is constant promotion. I, I just finished my 208th podcast interview. <laughs> so I've done, you guys, I've done 208 
interviews on other people's podcasts, right? You think there's a correlation there in the book sales? Of course, right? So I, that's a lot of time and energy doing interviews. Not to mention, this is my 100th channel. I think this is like my 107th podcast episode of my own. So I've, I've been on 200 podcasts. I've done 100 episodes, right? And, and that's just, you know, not to mention all the other speaking and other things that I've done as well. But I just wanted to mention that because like th that's the key is, you know, if you really believe in your message, uh, then you, you're, you're in it for life. Like in terms of promotion, like your, you know, your promotion, it's not like a, you promote it a little bit in the beginning and then it takes off. And, and Chandler, to your point, traditional publishers, they're not going to put a lot of money or energy, if any, behind a new author, right? Their, their marketing dollars go behind proven names that, yeah. that they know yeah. that if an ad goes out for J.K. Rowling's new book, a million, you know, millions of people are going to want to buy that book. If, if, if an ad goes out for Chandler Bolt or Hal Elrod's new book, a million people are going to go, who the hell is Chandler Bolt and Hal Elrod, right? <laughs> so very yeah. different. And, and, and publishers understand that. So that's why they, you know, intelligently put their marketing dollars where they're going to get the best ROI. Um, so Chandler, any thoughts on promotion? And then I've, you know, I've, I've got, this is a topic I could rally on for a while. Oh, absolutely. So this is this is my jam. Marketing is the stuff that I'm really good at, and this is what I think sets us apart. So I'll just touch on a, a few things here. So obviously, when we're talking about Amazon and this ecosystem uh, of Amazon, it's it's you're tapping into an existing ecosystem. So there's a hundred plus million uh, buyers in there, and I always say that Google is a search engine of browsers. Amazon's a search engine of buyers. Yes. So when people are in Amazon, they're they're there to buy stuff. They're there for that's one reason, one reason only: buy things. And you notice this uh, when if you're listening right now, I, you can probably relate to this. Where they have one-click purchases, and you're just going through buying things, right? <laughs> whether you're whether you're waiting in line at the airport, whether you're in the passenger seat driving, whether you're sitting on the toilet, like it doesn't matter. You're just clicking one-click purchases, right? And so you have a really great opportunity as an author to tap into that. And it really all comes down to positioning. So positioning your book for success. You say, what does that mean? Well, there's a, there's a, a few ways to do that. It's having a great title, having a great cover that stands out, uh, getting a lot of reviews. That's very important for longevity uh, inside of Amazon. And then really just focusing on making it very clear what your book's about, right? So how you do a great job of this. It's the miracle morning. Not so obvious way, way to change your life before 8 a.m., right? Very clear. So I instantly know when I see that book, okay, this is what it's about. And so I know whether I'm interested or not. And a lot of people worry about alienating the market, but it's exactly the opposite. The more niche you are and the more clear you are with your positioning, you'll, it'll be so much more successful. And I've got a lot more stuff uh, I can riff on here, but I'll just kind of pass it back to you to you because I know you probably got some stuff you want to say on this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, here's what I'll do. We'll an we're going to answer, or I'll answer, Gillian Perkins asked the, she simply said, what are the top tips for a successful launch with Amazon Create Space? So I'm going to give, I'm going to give a, you know, a few step-by-step -step tips here. Um, number one is create an opt-in page to give away the first few chapters of your book for free in exchange for, you know, person's uh, first name and email address. That's something that I did for Miracle morning, like three years before it came out, which is only because I 
sucked at finishing. Like it took me forever to finish the book. I thought it'd be out a lot sooner, but I had this page up where people could download the first couple chapters of the book once I got them done. And what that does is it builds your email list of people that know your content, that have read the first couple chapters, so that when the full book is done, you know now you can email that to them. And hopefully, in between, then depending on how long it takes you, you're adding value to those people. So you're emailing them a weekly podcast episode or a you know newsletter or a quote of the day or you know something to build a relationship with your, you know, with your, uh, your subscribers. Um, anything to add to the creating an opt-in page in advance channel? I'll kind of pause oh, between each of these. Love that. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, second thing is form a launch team, you know, and this is about <laughs> three, yes. to, three to six months before the book comes out. Um, and the launch team is a group of people that hopefully now here's the beauty of it, by the way, you do this in order because you should have sent your first few chapters out, right? That should be happening for a few months at least. And then you email those people, Hey, like the first few chapters, want to get the book for free, join the launch team. So now you're emailing people. So you see how this works together, right? It's like they loved the first couple chapters. They can't wait for the book. And now you're offering, hey, if you join the launch team, you're going to get the book for free. Um, in terms of uh, how to uh, do a launch team, by the way, the, the best post I read is at Michael Hyatt. So that's actually where I modeled what, what, what I learned from Michael Hyatt. So if you want to just Google Michael Hyatt launch team team. So that's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Hyatt, H-Y-A-T-T, launch and team. Uh, I'd imagine you could spell those. Um, But uh, you'll see his his post actually, how to launch a best-selling book. That's actually what I would encourage you to read, how to launch a best-selling book. That's the post that I read three years ago. Oh, and interestingly enough, I'm looking at the date. It actually came out like three months before my book did. So, Michael, that timing was perfect. Thank you so much. Um, but uh, but but read that book and, and and model the way that he did his launch team. You basically create an application. We don't have time to you know we didn't yep. go in the whole details. But what they what that group's going to help you do is they're going to help you continue to promote the free chapters, right? So they're going to promote the free chapters and they're going to build continue to build your list of subscribers so that there's more people to let know about the book that have already read the first couple chapters on. On the day the book comes out, they're going to write reviews on Amazon for your book before it comes out, which is huge, right? Social yes. proof. People, I mean, you know, you you shop, you look at, for me, if a, if, if a book doesn't have at least four stars, usually four and a half or five, I want four and a half, typically is my minimum <laughs> for any product yeah. I buy on Amazon, right? I'm looking at, I'm looking through pr- any product. I'm looking, oh, hey, here's three different pairs of headphones. This one's got 800 reviews, four and a half stars. This one's got... 28 reviews, four stars. This one's got 900 reviews, four stars. I'm going to get the one with four and a half stars, right? So that's what you want. And that's what the launch team helps you do. And then of course they help you promote the actual launch day when the book's going to come out. Um, any other thoughts on forming a launch team without us giving like a, a, a an in-depth training here? Yeah, I'll take two seconds here, Hal, because this is actually something I really wanted to talk about. So I'm glad you brought this up. But okay. Now, a couple, couple shout outs to Daniel Decker. He's he's a master of launch teams. I think he helped Mike Hyatt with his. And then also Daryl Vesterfeld. Those guys are, they gave me some advice on doing my first launch team. Uh, and and it's it was really a game changer. And, and so, like you said, uh, I, I just want to make this a little less intimidating for people. You don't have to have an audience. You don't have to have an email list. Like a launch team is just a fancy word for people who support your book, right? Yeah. So it can be family. It can be friends. It can be colleagues. It can be people who just support your message, right? And so, that, yes, these people can help you. Uh, with reviews, with spreading the message. They can also help you get on podcasts and blogs and stuff like that. Um, and then 
you say, what do they get? Like, I'm scared to, to ask them. Well, they're going to get to see the behind the scenes of a successful book launch, right? Yeah. They're going to get uh, the book early. They're going to get to surround themselves with like-minded people. Uh, and then the big one that I like to do is I put uh, their name in the book via the acknowledgments section, and people love that. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, having your name in print in a book is, you know, I mean, that, that, at least for me, I always, I'm always honored. <laughs> it's always cool, yeah. right? Um, you know, it's, I, I've done that before where when I was in someone else's book, I would give that book as gifts and I would autograph the acknowledgements page, you know, um, because my, I would autograph next to my name. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anyone appreciated that or was, <laughs> in fact, I forgot who told me. Someone told me that. I, I forgot who it was. They've told me a couple of times, but they received my book as a gift. Oh, Kerry Smolinski, who I, is a friend of mine who I just interviewed, he gave out a bunch of copies of my book. He bought 100 copies when it first came out. And um, the uh, he signed them all like a little note in the in the front. And I've had multiple were like, yeah, I opened it up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is an autographed copy of the book. And they're like, it was Kerry that signed it for me, not you, you know. So <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, all right, so uh, second tip for a launch team. Third tip, pre-sell copies. Uh, and again, this is... Reach out to family, friends. If you want to, you know, um, Tim Ferriss, I thought did one of the best. If you, if you, if you Google Tim Ferriss, uh, what would be a landslide? Google Tim Ferriss landslide. I believe that's what he called his book launch that I modeled. Uh, and it's where you come with a bunch of bonuses. Like if you buy 10 copies, you get this. If you buy 100 copies, you get this. And they might get anything from discounted pricing to the audiobook for free to, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, you, you can model and, and whatever you have to offer. Um, I offered free tickets to my live event if people bought 100 books. I offered um, a free speech if they bought 300 books, you know, back in the day. Um, fourth tip is plan a long runway. So three to six months, to promote the book after it's done. That's what I recommend. Now, I know Chandler will teach you how to have your book, you know, at self-publishing school. Like the idea is that it's published, ready to go and promote in, in three months from today, like from zero to published book and promoting it in three months. So I, I know Chandler would, would would get it done probably fast. But for me, I, like my next book, I'm going to have it done being written in probably April or May. Uh, and it, it's for those of you watching, it's actually on this topic. It's called Beyond the Best Seller, How to Write a Book That Creates a Movement, Earns You a Fortune, and Changes the World. And um, keep an eye out for that one, Chandler. But uh, the point is, the book's going to be done in April or May, and I probably won't publish it until January. So I'm literally going to spend that time creating programs and things that support the book, planning the launch. I mean, just really, and you don't need that long, but, but the point is, um, don't be like, like patience is a virtue. So to Chandler's point, set a deadline to have the book written, announce that deadline, make it public and set another deadline a month or two after that, maybe three to six. As I said, if you want to really, really do a lot of promotion, um, you may not need that much time, but, uh, but have just plan on some time to ramp up your promotion. And then the fifth and final tip that I'll give you on promoting is simply keep promoting. And I already touched on that, right? It, that it's you know it's, it's essentially as long as you believe in your message, uh, why would you not promote it until the day that you die, right? Like for me, the Miracle Morning, I want to change millions of lives via the Miracle Morning, and so that's my mission in life, and it has been for three years without stopping, and it it will be until further notice. And everything I do, I'm always making sure I'm doing something to share the Miracle Morning 
with other people. And the main, what I've found, the main, you know, you're going, well, how, okay, keep promoting. Well, what do I, what do I do? What do I keep, how do I keep promoting? Get on other people's podcasts. That has moved the needle for me more than anything else. I've invested a good amount of money in being on television and, you know, getting a, getting a, a PR person to get me on all these TV shows. Didn't move the needle. Uh, it hardly moved it at all. You know, it's cool to have those clips on your website and gives you some credibility and stuff. But for the most part, um, being on podcast has been the number one driver of sales where I've been on a podcast and I've seen the next month my sales double, triple, quadruple uh, from, you know, from that po- particular podcast that I was on. Um, and, and, and for those of you that go, well, how do you get on a podcast? Google how to get on a podcast, first of all. Um, second of all, uh, the I encourage you to target the new and noteworthy. So in terms of who to reach out to, uh, go to iTunes. There's a new and noteworthy section, and you can find a new and noteworthy podcast every single topic. So right, you find your topic and target those folks. And the reason I'm, I encourage you to do that is if they're in the new and noteworthy, that means they're getting quite a few downloads and listens. But because they are a new podcast, they are not they're probably not yet inundated with requests to be on their show, right? If you reach out with, I, I um, we had John Lee Dumas out at our event uh, at Best Year Ever, and I talked to John, and he said, you know, he gets like fifty requests requests a week, so two hundred requests a month, and they do a daily podcast, so he has thirty episodes a month, and he has to filter through two hundred requests. So if you're wanting to get on Entrepreneur on Fire, which is John Lee Dumas's podcast, right? Good good luck with that. <laughs> um, but if it's new and noteworthy, they're brand new. They're probably not getting you know twenty requests a month yet. So that's where I encourage you to start and, and target those folks because they're the up and comers uh, and they're getting a lot of downloads and a lot of views. So those are my recommendations. Um, you know, and you can Google how to promote a book, and, and there's obviously lots of different ways. To uh, to do it, but Chandler, any other thoughts on uh, on promoting uh, a book once it's published? Well, I, you know, just to touch on the podcast thing, like now that you have a book, it's going to be so much easier, right? It's so much easier because you're a credible expert to get on those podcasts. So I think you gave a lot of good tips there. Yeah, when you said something earlier, Chandler, which I, I meant to 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 comment on, and I, I forgot, is that. Early in the podcast, when we talked about like, who am I to write a book? You know, I'm not an expert. I'm not this. I'm not that. Exactly. That's why you write the book. <laughs> right? Yes. Because you become the expert when the book's written. It's funny. Uh, dude, have I told you the Suge Knight story? I don't know that you have. Dude, you know who Suge Knight is? Yes. All right. It's a little bit before your time. But so Suge Knight is the, right, the founder of Death Row Records and he was the president and he was, you know, known for not necessarily nice business practices, like holding people over building the edge of buildings by their legs and things like that. Uh, So anyway, he's rough, but long story short, I was at the, um, I was at the LA airport waiting for a flight and uh, the, the he, this guy was sitting across from me, you know, big guy and these two girls go up and they said, they were talking to him and they like asked him for his autograph and and then they were walking, I was probably catty corner to him like 15 feet and they're walking back and I mean in high school, dude, I listened to like, you know, Tupac was under Suge Knight's label, Dr. Dre, Snoop Doggy Dog, right? I mean this, he was like the, they were the biggest record label I think in the world at one time and uh, so the girls walked by and I go, hey, I go, I saw you get that guy's autograph who is that and they go that's suge knight right there that's suge knight and i was like shut up and uh and this was, I don't know, probably five years ago before the Miracle Morning. And I had a copy of my first book, Taking Life Head On, which back then had a picture of me on the cover, just my big face on the cover, right? And 
I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna like, I wanna meet him, I wanna approach him. And I was like, I got a copy of my book, right? So I felt like rather than go up as a fan and be like, hey, do, 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 you know, I'm gonna have a picture with you. I thought, I'm gonna go up as an author. So I, I write a note, I go, Suge, thank you for, you know, I'm a huge fan. Thank you for inspiring the world with your music for, you know, so many years, right? And I go up and I was like, you're, you're Suge, right? He said, yeah. And I said, hey, I said, I, you know, I said I'm an author and I'm also a fan. And I just want to give you a copy of my book as a thank you for all the work that you've done. And he grabs the book and he looks at it and he looks at me and he looks at it and he looks at me and he goes, this you right here? I said, yeah. He asked me, he goes, this you? And he turns over the book and he sees pictures of my car accident. He goes, is that you? I said, yeah. He goes, what happened? And I told him what happened. He goes, you died? Can I get you? He's like, give me, he goes, we got to hook up. Give me your, your phone number. Can I have your phone number? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And he pulls out his cell phone and he puts my number in his cell phone. Right. And then he's like, he's like, can I, let me give you my number. I'm like, all right. So I'm in my cell phone and I'm like, Suge Knight. (laughs) (laughs) And I wrote down his cell phone number. And so the point is, right. I mean, this is somebody who's, you know, at one point was, you know, multimillionaire world famous. He's, 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 he's kind of hit some skids since then. I think a little bit of karma, but, um, but, uh, but the point is, because I had the book and I had the face on the cover, all of a sudden I, I was the celebrity to him and he wanted my phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the point is, who are you to write a book? You know, that's why you write the book. Exactly. You write the book because once you become an author, the per- the perception of an author is there is a level of credibility because, and I think it's because Chandler and you, you maybe speak to this, but so many people want to write books, right? It's like one of the yeah. number one goals, yeah. but very like less than 1% of the people that want to write books actually write the book. So it's yeah. almost like, wow, you're one of the people that actually did it. Gosh, I've always yeah. thought about that. You actually did it. So yeah, it's, it's the, so it's the 81, the New York times study that 81% of people want to write a book less than 1% of people actually do. Right. So that, that immediately sets you apart. And I guess the moral of this story and uh, this podcast is write a book, meet Suge Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you, and hopefully even bigger, newer celebrities, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's cracking, man. No, it was, it was crazy. Because all my buddies in high school were like, I'm, I'm texting, I'm like, dude, I just got Suge Knight. I met Suge Knight, I got his cell phone number. They're like, what? You know, like I got, I got, I got, I pulled out my phone. I'm like, do you have any like Snoop Doggy Dog, like old school Dre? Like, you know, just like bring back some memories. But uh, anyway, man. So uh, cool. Well, let's wrap up. And, and I just want to say this. Um, to everybody listening, I mentioned if you want the you know Chandler's self-publishing school video series, and I know the course is launching soon. Uh, it's halelrod.com forward slash self-publishing school, and uh, you'll get the free video series. And what was I going to say? Oh, you know the, the reason Chandler that I and I've told you this, and actually we were at John Lee Dumas's launch party the other night, dude. You like how I'm like your number one fan and salesperson? <laughs> I love that, dude. Man. I just went hilarious. off. That girl's like, "Do you work for him?" I was like, "No." I'm like, "I just really <laughs> believe in it. Like, I really believe in it." You know, and and it's this. It's that nothing I've ever done in my in my business. I mean, in my life, in my business, nothing has ever had a more positive impact for me personally or professionally than writing and self-publishing my book or books, you know, but I mean, book in general, nothing, 
Nothing. And that's why Chandler, I believe so strongly in what you do. Plus I just, I, you're a dude, you're a really good guy. You're a really good person. Uh, and, and you really help people get the result that they want to get. So, um, if you're listening to this and, and you're in the 81% of people that would like to write a book, whether you want to do it for reasons of you want to make an impact and change people's lives, or you want to make a passive income where you're literally making money while you sleep. I mean, it's a literal every morning I wake up and I'm able to like check, Oh, how many books did I sell? while I was sleeping, you know what I mean? Like, um, if you, you know, whatever your reason is or leaving a legacy, like I love that God forbid, if anything ever happened to me or even when I'm gone, like all of the wisdom that I would ever share with my kids and my wife knows this. I'm like, sweetie, if anything ever happens to me, just please have Sophie and Halston read my books at least three times each. Like that's it. And take notes and you know, like that's it. Right. I mean, leaving a legacy. So there, there's uh, so many pot. And if it's just taking your business, like one of my coaching clients, Stephen Christopher right now is writing a book specific to his target market, right? He owns a company called Sequest Marketing. They do HalElrod.com and the new MiracleMorning.com website that's coming out. They do all of our websites. Uh, they, they do online marketing, all this stuff. Oh, how funny. I just had a text pop in from Stephen Christopher. Um, but, uh, but the point is, Stephen is writing a book not to become a best-selling author, not to make a bunch of money off of his book. or 99% of the reason he's writing the book is to mail it to his target market with a letter that says, hey, thought this might add value for you. If we can ever be of service, please let us know. And those people that, whether they read the book and they go, wow, this guy's a genius, he's an expert, and they hire him that way, or the book just gets the attention and gives him the credibility of being the expert in the industry that he's you know, wanting to be hired for. And then they just hire him because they go, oh, this guy's a web designer and he wrote the the book on this topic, right? So he's doing it to build his business. So there's so many reasons to write and self-publish a book. Uh, If you want the training, go to halelrod.com forward slash self-publishing school. And long story short, bottom line, if you're, if you want to do it, commit, this is the year, this is your year. How does it happen? Like honorary quarter says, but in chair, right? But in chair, schedule block time to write your book. And, and that's it. And, and it will go from mediocre to good to great over the course of the next three months. If you work with Chandler six to 12 months, if you follow my approach, but the bottom line is, uh, you won't regret it. And you'll have that book for the rest of of your life. Chandler, did I leave anything out? No, that that's it, man. And, and, and even if you, you know, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter to me whether you join self-publishing school or not. Just check out the videos. It's seriously some of my best stuff. Well, I talk about more on writing in video number two, more on marketing and video number three. And then there's a couple other videos as well that have some great stuff. So beautiful man and uh, and 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 this is a chance for people to watch your self publishing school before I come out with some beyond the best seller and then I I never talk about yourself no, I'm kidding I'm totally kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding all right cool all right hey everybody goal achievers thank you for tuning in and do another episode love you and I cannot wait to see your name in print your book on Amazon and here's my promise I'll buy it any listeners of self publishing school if you, when you, or not, no, <clears throat> let me start over. Any listeners of uh, Achieve Your Goals podcast, and uh, look, you got me thinking I'm you now, um, but uh, if you write a book, I, I will I will buy it, and uh, you know, in fact, I'll buy multiple copies. Just send me an email with the link to your book, and uh, I got it. I got you. All right, love you guys and gals. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next week. Take care. 
thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. So now we want to know what were your big takeaways from this interview with Chandler? And are you one of those people who actually wants to go and write a book in 2016? Let us know by going over to hellelrod.com slash 106 for episode number 106 and just leave a comment there on the show notes page. Let us know what your big takeaway was and if you're writing a book this year and let us know the topic of your book. Uh, We want to definitely see who in this community are looking to uh, cross off one of their goals for 2016 of actually getting that book out there and into the world. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by going to hellrcom slash iTunes, clicking the little subscribe button, and then please leave a rating and review. We greatly appreciate those rating and reviews because they help out. They help more people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now, until next week, it's time for you to go out there, take action, and achieve your goals. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.